You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music. I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio today is Reed Callen, an engineer on the OmniFocus team. Say hello, Reed. Hello, Reed. So you were working on OmniFocus and we're recording in uh, the very beginning of September. Yeah. And this is always a very special time in the life of every Mac and iOS developer. Very hectic time yeah, in the life. Right. So WWC happened a couple months ago and all these new features and we have beta Xcode and tools to work on them. So how's it going? What are you working on? It's generally going well. I am currently working on getting multiple Windows support in OmniFocus along with Jim Korea, another OmniFocus engineer. Earlier in the summer, I made sure to get the new iOS 13 presentation mode in there, the new card presentation that you can swipe away from the top oh, of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, right. So we got that in there, and then the next... Was that fairly straightforward? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. They added some nice, clean API to get that done. Good. But the big hill that we're climbing right now is is multiple Windows support. Mm. Pretty much the entire stack on top of OmniFocus's data model relied on only one thing interacting with mm. the data at any given time. And so now we have up to three of your windows okay. all pointing at the data store at the same time if you have two next to each other and one in an overlay on a big mm. iPad. So we need to handle editing tasks in, in every window properly. So if you edit in one, the right changes have to show up in the other. Exactly. It's yeah. yeah or it. if you edit and cancel in one, you need to make sure the in-progress changes don't show up in the other one as well. Oh, right, sure. Now, on the Mac, we had support for multiple windows. So yes. it's, there must be some place where things are a little different between the two. Yes. Apps. We create a bunch of temporary fake data stores on the Mac. So whenever you start to edit a new task on the Mac, mm-hmm. we create a complete fake database with only your task in it. And we just mm-hmm. haven't been doing that on iOS. So that's, that's the next thing we're getting in there. Okay. So a lot of refactoring. Yes. Essentially. Yes. About 90% refactoring work so far and about 10% actually adopting new capabilities. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it's impossible to architect knowing what Apple is going to do. Exactly. If we had known this, we might have done this a while ago, but yeah. Given where Apple was going at the time for the past 10 years, it was one window forever and always. Mm -hmm. So everything has grown organically on top of that assumption since then. And now we need to peel back those layers of abstraction and make them play nice with the new world. Mm -hmm. There's other new features going on too. Uh, Who's working on what? A couple of the other big features in iOS 13 are expanded and smarter Siri shortcuts. So Andrew Burkhalter is working on those right now. One of the other big ones was they added new and more intuitive context menu behavior that plays much more nicely with drag and drop. And Andrew mm-hmm. Burkhalter also already worked on that. I believe that is either done or almost done at this point. Yeah, I saw a demo of that. It's looking good. Yeah, I, I like that new feature in general. Yeah, absolutely. I know from when I was working on Graffle, context menus and drag and drop often seemed like they were fighting each other, but mm-hmm. they made them play nice with each other, mm-hmm. essentially. What about dark mode? Are we doing dark mode? Didn't we already have it, our own dark mode? We did have our own dark mode. And then Jim ripped out our dark mode and put in Apple's dark mode underneath 
our old abstraction and now everything okay. just seems to work. So we have that in there too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like I said, the last big hill is multiple window support before we get everything out the door. Right. Sure. Then we can get on to a test flight beta and so mm-hmm. on and so on and get this thing done. Yeah. Hopefully those are coming soon. So Tim Eckel has been um, really concentrating on our Git conversion. Yeah. We've been missing having his helping hand on yeah. Most of the iOS 13 work. He's had a couple of small bugs here and there, sure. but by and large, he's been focused on getting the whole company moved over to a new tooling system. So yeah. it makes sense that he's been busy. Yeah. Moving to Git after being on Subversion for, I don't know how long, 20 years? Yeah. 15 years? That's, yeah. It's got to be. But that's pretty much wrapping up now. It yeah. Like. At this point, we're using Git in our daily workflows. It's mm-hmm. We're pretty much completely migrated over, save for, I think, documentation and cool. maybe one other small subsystem that that hasn't moved over to the new world yet but they're they're getting there so how's it been um some summers are a little bit rocky between bugs in the beta os's Mm -hmm. beta versions of xcode simulator bugs all that kind of stuff has this summer been more or less easy this summer hasn't been that hard Mm -hmm. it's just been a lot we got a couple weeks delayed into working this summer because we were getting subscriptions out the door and right, getting yeah. getting the last bits of the first round flow to get new users ready and able to immediately start working on with OmniFocus. So we started a couple weeks late into June and at the same time this is a huge summer's worth of work so yeah, it's right. it's it's been really particularly hectic. on iOS. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't know how much, if any, work we've done on the Mac so far has uh, been almost not exclusively needed, iOS. I yeah. yeah, I think I think the conversion to Catalina is is pretty straightforward. There's the usual couple of UI things missing sure, or right. not quite drawing right here and there, but as as far as I know, the Catalina conversion has been really stable. I've heard that there's been some sandboxing bugs in the simulator. Yes, um, yeah, it's that kind of thing. OmniFocus is not really a document based app, so yeah, the only place that OmniFocus has hit that is if you try and go and add an attachment to a task uh, in the uh, simulator. Course. Those are stored as separate files on disk. Exactly. So that that doesn't work right now. But since you can sign into your sync account in iOS simulator, you can put your files in the right place on the Mac and then sync them over to iOS, and that works fine. But that's made working on our document-based apps tough this summer because yeah, right. they can't create a new document or <laughs> save documents that they're working on. So that's that's been kind of a bummer for them. But luckily, I've been shielded from yeah. that mostly by by working on focus oh, that size and by the time this comes out maybe that's all been fixed anyway so yeah yeah hopefully we are on the seventh xcode beta right now and it's still in there so here's mm-hmm. here's hoping for number eight yeah come on lucky number eight yeah <laughs> it's it's a nice cube number you know yeah that's right everyone likes a cube number yeah you haven't been on the focus team all along you started in december before that you were on graffle right correct yeah what'd you do on graffle on Graffle, I worked mostly in the model code, so figuring out bounds of shapes and how lines draw and what paths they take for our orthogonal lines, that kind of thing. The very lowest level geometry that the app does is what I ended up working on. Do you, do you prefer to work on like lower level stuff yes. versus UI? Absolutely, yes. Um, A lot of developers agree, yeah. Yeah, my idea of a good day is finding a problem in our orthogonal line routing algorithm and mm. figuring out how to fix that while not breaking your general cases rather than this button is has a drawing artifact somewhere that's mm. less fun to me. 
Graffle's been around a while. When you first started working on that model code, were you mm-hmm. updating like really, really old code? Or? Yes, yes, most definitely. Most of the Bezier path code we have was written in the early 2000s, and I came in and started working on it in 2017-ish. Okay. So somewhere between 13 and 18-year-old code, more or less. So there were a lot of crufty bits that I needed to clean up just to figure out what was going on in the, in the first place in order to be able to start working. But a lot of it has, as I've been working through there, has gotten updated to more current code styles. And so mm-hmm. that's also helped enable some of the other Graffle teammates to start working in there as well, which oh, has been nice. That's cool. I recall we did some OmniGraffle releases that had updates to orthogonal line routing. Uh, yes. So that was, that was your yeah, work? Yeah, that, that was my baby right there. Yeah. Okay. I think it was about a year ago. We, I think it was either OmniGraffle 7.8 or 7.9. Mm-hmm. Maybe both of those had a bunch of line routing updates. That was the product of me sitting in my apartment for six months figuring out <laughs> what was going on and bringing things up to date and adding in the new changes that we wanted. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to work on. And the pre-interview, you said something about your desk being covered with... Yes, so uh, my desk at home, the surface of the desk is a whiteboard itself. So I had my laptop sitting like in the back center of the desk, but everything else was completely covered in whiteboard marker. Never occurred to me to use a whiteboard as a desk. That's a great idea. Yeah, as soon as I found that desk, uh, I knew this was the one. Uh, yeah, I don't have to get up and walk across the room to work on my whiteboard. I can just continue sitting there and being just a little bit lazy mm-hmm. to continue my work. So once we got the line routing updates out, mm-hmm. did you run into that age-old software issue of, well, when you have so many users, some of them start to rely on the bugs? Yes. Yes, we most definitely hit that. Right when we released 7.8, we immediately got a ton of support tickets with my document doesn't look right. I opened it and now everything is awful. And so I think that's what seven, nine was, was bringing back the old behavior for lines that have not yet been modified post seven, eight. So if you haven't changed your line, we made it so it'll continue drawing the way it was. But if you change the line, it'll adopt the new line routing algorithm. So we have two copies of this algorithm. Yeah, yeah. We we took Graffle's model from before I started working and shoved it into the app (laughs) alongside the new model so that we could still use the old logic to get your old line routes Mm -hmm. if we needed to. Right. That sounds exactly like something Omni would do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we might have. It's important to customers. It is. So. Yeah. 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 I was hoping we could rip it out one day, but I think we are stuck with two copies of, of the mm. Graffle model in there from, from now on. Mm. So you started off here actually um, not answering a Craigslist ad like so nope. many people do. Uh, you were an intern uh, four years ago-ish? Yes, I was an intern this summer of 2015. Okay. I didn't quite answer a Craigslist ad, but I went to a career fair at Harvey Mudd which is kind of like an in-person Craigslist for students. So okay. it's close enough. Do you remember who from Omni was at the career fair? Yes. Christina, the test manager, Liz and Kurt, who are no longer with Omni, but Liz was a tester at the time and Kurt was an Omni focus engineer at the time. 
Kurt's now at Apple. Liz is at Nordstrom. Yes, that's right. In case anyone wants to keep up on that. Uh, let's see. So did you go to school at Harvey Mudd? I did not. I went to school at Pomona College, but Pomona is in the Claremont Consortium, which is five schools down in Claremont, California. And Harvey Mudd is one of them. And they're known as one of the better tech schools around. So I took pretty much all of my computer science classes in there and they let me sneak into their career fair. Nice. Claremont Consortium sounds like a Robert Ludlum spy novel from the 70s or something. The Claremont Consortium. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost it's, it's a bunch it's like of, sinister and official all at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. A bunch of liberal college kids conspiring to change the world. No. <laughs> That's so evil. So you worked here as an intern. Um I did. What would you do? What'd you work on as an intern? Uh the first third of the internship was Omni essentially just bringing myself and the other interns up to speed with iOS development. So there were we, three of you, as I recall, right? Correct. Yeah. Me and two other interns who were from Rose Holman, where Kurt used to oh, right. be a professor. We spent the first month of the internship program working through two textbooks. One was Objective-C 101, essentially, and the other was iOS Development 101. Sure. Because in 2015, Objective-C was still the thing, not, not really Swift yet. Exactly, yeah. There were rumors of Swift maybe happening at some point in the near future, but everything production was still Objective-C, so that's what, right. that's what we learned. After we were brought up to speed with how to do work, we were plopped right into the development teams. The other two interns worked on OmniGraffle, and I worked on OmniFocus. We were all just helping get the apps ready for iOS 9, I believe. Mm, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. 13 minus 4 is 9. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's cool. Math checks out. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. So were you doing, um, I can't imagine you were doing any large refactorings. You're just. No. Fixing I, I was chasing. Yeah. I was chasing those little iOS version number increment UI bugs. Essentially mm-hmm. your table view animation changed and now something doesn't look right. quite right. Um, or uh, some view or view controller containment things that changed pretty much exclusively the little nitpicky stuff here and there. Right. That's a good way to get your feet wet though. And yeah. see out what it's like. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Then you went away and then you came back and you're an employee. Um, how did yeah. that happen? At the end of my internship, I had an exit interview with Ken and he said, if you want to come back and work here, we'd love to have you. And I said, I would love to come back and work here if you'll have me. And so about a week later, I had an offer letter from Omni. And I think that was before I even started going back to class my senior year. Mm. So I was very happy about that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so but, for your senior year, did you do anything at all? No. As <laughs> I, I had signed up for classes, I don't know, sometime before my internship. And as soon as I had the offer letter, I think I dropped a class that I didn't really care all that much about and or no, I think I dropped two classes that I didn't care much about and picked up two PE classes nice. in order to bring me up to the minimum number of credits I needed to continue playing basketball. Mm. Basketball. Tell me about basketball. So how, how tall are you? I'm six foot six. Six foot six. That's yeah. uh, that's um fairly tall person. I'm lucky to be five point five foot eight. So <laughs> I, I feel tall in the real world, and then I feel kind of normal on the basketball court. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, have you always been a basketball fan, even before you were yes. this tall? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've always been 
quote unquote this tall. I think when I was in the sixth grade, I was six feet tall. So I've always been oh, yeah, a, a um, larger human. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of my earliest memories are me being out in the front yard with my parents and a very, very low basketball hoop mm-hmm. at trying to throw one of those little kid sized balls through and just nice. thinking that six foot hoop is so high. How can anyone ever <laughs> do this? Right. Um, but it's, it's I still been, think that when I see a six foot, <laughs> it's been pretty much a constant throughout my life. It's by far my favorite way to work out. I don't like to go on runs. Weightlifting's fine, but it's not that entertaining to me. I need something to go chase. I need something to go uh, sure. keep my attention so that I, I'm not thinking about working out. I'm thinking about I need to get here to, so I can pass to this person from this spot right. or what have you. Right. You're playing a game, not just repeating something mindlessly. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That makes sense. Me, I just run. But what keeps my mind active is uh, music, listening mm-hmm. to music. Of course. That works. Yeah. Maybe I should get myself some AirPods and try running again. Yeah, we'll sure. see. I don't know. Basketball is working for you, though. So. Mm-hmm. Did you play baseball, football, anything else in school? I played baseball until the third grade. And my last at-bat in my third grade baseball career, this was the last game of the season. I had a full count, so I knew this was going to be the last pitch of the year. And then I hit my first and only home run. Oh, done. And so I decided to call it while I was at the top. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Never played baseball ever again. Until <laughs> I got to college and we had the basketball team had an intramural softball team. Oh, wow. But that's not quite... a full-on like real competitive sport sure, right it's funny that a, a team would have a little side project as a oh, yeah. team in a whole completely yeah. different sport the basketball team really enjoyed having side sports that we competed in we had a inner tube water polo team of course you did a dodgeball <laughs> team and then the softball team uh-huh. uh, dodgeball yeah nobody wanted to go against you in dodgeball. No, we, we, we definitely won the intramural championship on that one. Yeah, mainly through intimidation and people running away scared. Exactly. Yeah, a bunch of six foot four to six mm-hmm. foot nine guys yeah. running around the court throwing dodgeballs. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And a couple of the guys, so the dodgeball team was co-ed and a couple of the guys' girlfriends were on the softball team. So we had ringers all around because mm-hmm. those ladies had an arm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So you played uh, all, all four years at Pomona. Yes, I played. I played all four years at Pomona. That was one of the best experiences of my life. It was so much fun mm. just coming into practice every day with your best friends, playing the sport that you all love. There's nothing better. Yeah, and you're still playing some kind of adult league of some kind. Yeah, or? the athletic club that I'm a member of has a handful of traveling teams, and I'm on the one for the young people. Okay. So we travel around the country and play in basketball tournaments against other similar clubs. Mm. A couple of years ago, we played in Las Vegas and Seattle. And last year, we played in Detroit and Portland. Wow, that's nice. Have you played the Harlem Globetrotters yet? We have not played the Harlem Globetrotters. I don't think we would. Because they're really, really good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They build up their act to be funny, but they are incredibly skilled basketball players in order to be able to do the things that they do. It's, It's wild to me. Followers of the microblog and Twitter account will know that you have at home Scout, the Golden Retriever, yes. and Keiko, the cat. Yes. They are both incredibly cute and cuddly. And yeah. They are my companions while I'm sitting at home on the couch working. Nice. So I imagine you have to take Scout out for walks on oh, yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. Being a dog and all. 
Absolutely. Those are my my mental breaks. When Scout decides it's time mm. to go outside, he's kind of the arbiter of my day while I'm at home. <laughs> right. I wake up, I feed him, I work for a little bit, he lets me know it's time to go outside. We go take a break and walk around for a little bit. Yeah, that's nice to have a, a built-in distraction every now and again. Exactly. It's cool. it's someone forcing you to take a break, and it's often when I really need it. So yeah. he's he is a good and helpful boy. Wow. Yes, he is. Now, our Scout and Keiko friends, they cuddle all the time. Keiko tolerates Scout. Mm. So, um, sounds like a cat. Yeah. Scout just absolutely adores Keiko. Sounds like a dog. Mm-hmm. He gets right up about an inch from Keiko's face and just sticks his nose in there and just wags. He wants to play. Like his whole body just yeah. wagging. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a full body wag, which you don't see mm-hmm. too often. And... Keiko takes this as an invasion of his personal space. And so he meows back angrily (laughs) and sits there for about 20 seconds before giving Scout a light, clawless boop on the nose and running away. So Scout tries and Keiko tolerates. Yeah, that's fair. Does Keiko provide that 20 seconds so that you have time to take a photo? Yes, that's exactly. The idea there. Yeah. yeah. All of the adorable Smart photos cat. of them yeah. together were taken in a short Split window. Second. Yeah. <laughs> be- before the inevitable freakout occurs. Mm-hmm. That's delightful. So uh, you're one of our few, but I think kind of growing number of uh, remote workers. Correct. That's going pretty well. You're down in Portland. Yeah. You have uh, no commute. You visit occasionally. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is having the no commute. That is by far my favorite perk of working at home. I miss the coworkers. I miss the massages. I miss the three meals a day. Now, is that the correct order? Um, I think so. Yeah. May- <laughs> the, maybe the food might take precedence over the massages because those are only every two weeks, but the massages are really nice. Mm. But and you can I always will- chat with your coworkers. Exactly. Right? I have the robots that I drive around the office. I have right. the chat apps. I come up to the office a couple of times every year. Yeah. I love all my coworkers, but Nothing beats having someone provide three meals a day for you. Yeah, that's right. And and they're good meals, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw on the menu for tomorrow there is a bacon hash. And I haven't seen this on our menu before. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I know I want it. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell just by the name. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're in the office again tomorrow? Yes. Good. Yeah. All right. So you'll get it. Yeah. So are you part of that shadowy, mysterious cabal of destiny players? Yes. yes. I ask people the question. Sometimes they say no, and I think they really are. And I'm really happy that I made you say the word cabal because (laughs) for anyone who plays destiny, they they know that's a thing in the game. That's one of Mm. the enemy factions that you you Uh, fight against as your space wizard self. Is it the Claremont Consortium cabal? (laughs) If only. If only. I'm, I'm sure there are a handful of my former classmates out there fighting some some space monsters with us, but I think they're going to be against that cabal, unfortunately. I'm a little behind the times, and mm-hmm. I haven't played a new video game since Asteroids. Of course. Um, so is there any chat component to this? I mean, do you guys, yes. is it a social thing? Yes, it is absolutely a social thing. I actually don't ever play Destiny when it's just me. Okay. I occasionally turn on my Xbox and see that there's no one online and I turn it back off and go do something else. It's just not worth it. Exactly. So we all have our, our headsets and microphones and oh, okay. those pipe in the game sound as well as the party chat all at the same time. So 
it can get kind of chaotic when there's six people trying to work together to do something and there's explosions everywhere and everyone's yelling instructions at each other. And it essentially comes down to whoever yells the loudest is uh, the one whose voice gets through. So it's, can you give it's us a, a demo? I, I want to hear what, what are you yelling? Yeah. In Destiny? Uh, Yell of something. Course. All right. Let me, let me think about exactly what Jake, I need to say. Tim, drop the rift. Jake, pick up the orb. Wolf, jump over there. <laughs> All right, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a great time. And other people are playing, they're just hearing you in their ears. Yeah, we're all gameplay. hearing each other yell yeah. just absolute chaos at each other. <laughs> we have a raid scheduled for tonight, so we'll see if we can tone the chaos down a little bit and actually finish this time, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's cool. Well, on that note, the yelling note, I'll say, uh, thanks, Reed. Where can people find you on the web? I have a very small web presence, but you can find Scout mm. on Instagram at Scout underscore Tales. Cool. I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes, of course. Perfect. That's cool. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. Music.